You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hey, gang. It's actually been a whole week since we last did this. Right. And uh, for a bunch of y'all, this might be the first thing you listen to, because... We're going to be catching up this week with our backlog of episodes. Mm-hmm. So, hi, uh, new gang, and hi, Keener gang, who went back and listened to the previous five before getting into this one. How's it going? Are you good? Are you getting rained on? If you're in Vancouver, you're getting rained on. It's very wet in Riverdale this yeah, week. It is very wet in Riverdale. <laughs> Thankfully, they've filmed uh, their autumn or spring or we're, we're we're at spring right i don't even know i'm waiting for the christmas special in this show yeah did that happen last year no i really sure. hope there's a christmas special this year i mean if the bbc buys it there i will believe in their christmas specials but in the meantime oh do americans not are. do christmas specials not the same way hmm. I, like i feel like it's a special exception when a, a north american show does a christmas special and it's definitely not annual hmm. i guess that's true I guess that's true. Um, you have given me... We're swapping oh, your yeah, earbuds you right. right now. We because are so we, yes. we listen to this silently so you can listen to us. So I had a revelation on the ride home from uh, recording our mm. last podcast, which was that in the last episode where uh, Jughead joins the Serpents, there's yeah. no Jughead narration. Mm-hmm. And it's back in this episode. Episode 6, uh, Chapter 19, Death Proof. I didn't miss its absence, <coughs> but I did Well, you didn't miss its it. absence because it was absent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double negatives. You know what I mean. I know. I'm I didn't shit. notice. You noticed. I did And notice. uh, now it's back this week, and I liked that. Um, um, the other thing I wanted to say is I went back and lis- or listened to, watched a bit of season one, mm. and I remembered why I love Buckhead. Oh, good. Um, I don't just Topically. love Topically. I don't just love them as H&M models. I love them because they band together against the parents, and it's really great. Hmm. Like, they're, like there's the scene where Jughead gets into Betty's room, and uh, Betty's going, well, maybe I'm crazy, or maybe they're crazy, or maybe blah, blah, blah. And uh, Jughead says, you know, we are not our parents. Mm. And then they kiss the first time. I just think, like, it's very... It's very touching. Like, it, there's... What I liked going back and watching parts of the first season is it's, like, high-stakes melodrama, but a lot mm. of the feels are real teenage feels. Yeah. I, I liked it. I agree, and I think I've said before, I love how this show has parent-class drama and teen-class drama, and they both live within, like, a realistic scope and reality of, of how they deal with that. Yeah. This, more than a lot of shows, does feel like how crazy hyperbolic melodramatic teens would deal with crazy hyperbolic melodramatic circumstances yeah oh yeah absolutely and also the other thing i wanted to say is i feel like i've been ragging on this show a lot Mm. in the course of the last five (laughs) episodes of our podcast i just want to say i love this show i absolutely love this show and I would not be making a podcast about something i loathed (laughs) yes i would run out of spoons real fast um, and that sound you hear is us moving the table closer to ourselves. Oh, I was going to edit that out. That's why I stopped talking oh. to adjust it. But we're here now. We're here now. Uh, raw and uh, completely unfiltered, I guess. <laughs> table sounds and all. 
Um, <laughs> I noticed there's someone vacuuming upstairs. Is that Laura vacuuming upstairs? No, Laura's not above me. Laura's my upstairs neighbor, who Chloe and I like a lot. Yes. Um, who we were hanging out with earlier. No, it, Laura is like three apartments to the right. That way? Oh, okay. Yeah, she's I, on the corner. I see. She's got a corner apartment. She does. Look fancy, fancy. That's why my house plants foster with her for the winter. <laughs> I am in a sunless, sunless hole. Um, so I love this show. I just want to say, mm. I think this show is like if Nighthawks, and the episode was actually called Nighthawks, <laughs> if Nighthawks and, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer minus the Supernatural and, like, <laughs> a soap opera were all rolled into one and turned into this weird delicious overly sugared cake overly sugared i and agree with this i would eat it sugar, is my sugar, point. Na, 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 and also na, na. as you will see in this episode we get into like some serious rebel without a cause and wild one like references which i'm pretty stoked on playing in genre yeah uh, is the theme of the moment and um the episode name death proof death proof how do you have you seen that film I've not seen that film. It is. It is. I didn't even know it was arguably film, one of my favorite in the Tarantino. Oh, era. that's one of the Tarantino movies I haven't seen. Yeah. I love Tarantino. Yeah, I've uh, never seen Death Proof. I think you'll like it. the um, The scene we ended on last episode, the um, uh, group beating of a horrible man by women in high heels, mm. uh, within Righteous Fury, uh, is is very, very direct homage. And I think you'll like that. Uh, I certainly liked it. Uh, I remember being in, like, first year university and walking out of the theater and feeling like I wanted to go you know, drive at high, unsafe speeds down the highways and kill some patriarchy. Hmm. I have that impulse all the time, so I don't need Tarantino to inspire me, especially <laughs> when he's buds with fucking Harvey Weinstein. And yes, I did just swear on the podcast. But Harvey Weinstein deserves it. Harvey Weinstein deserves it. All right. Shall we? Let's jump in. Let's jump in. No news we have to talk about? I don't think so. Charles Manson's dying. I heard that. I'm sick. Yeah. That's relevant. It is relevant. I sound of a lower timber. And if we sniffle a lot. Did anything exciting happen in Canada? Um. Mm, Riverdale was filmed here. <laughs> no, I mean like this week in Canadian <laughs> news. Did anything good happen? Oh, nothing Kinder good Morgan happens didn't in the get news. Something. Well, I mean, Kinder Morgan. I think, I think that one's still on the table. But Energy East is off. Yeah. Um, the South Dakota pipeline leaked today. Oh, shocking! Absolutely no one. Yeah, like tens of thousands of gallons of oil. Yep. Here we are, with the worst I told you so possible. Yep. Let's lose ourselves in some trashy, sugary, delightful, beloved television Let us hitting play and go for a netflix Ooh, baboon this is loud oh i'll turn that down for your report ears oh. let it be known listeners chloe's ears are sensitive i'm apparently partially deaf <laughs> oh here's poor betty so upset oh, so man. many so many lovely stark like isolating shots the one we opened on of betty under that that single street lamp yeah i love the um the willingness of this show to show some some unusual tableaus 
um, that really lean into the whole genre. Yeah. Uh, parody homage thing they've got going. Um, it pleases me. Oh, man. Flashbacks. So we're going through the flashbacks of, oh, yeah, here's the kicking. There's the here's kicking. Cheryl the good, good kicking. The, the well-earned kicking. I wanted Nick St. Clair to die, and I wanted them to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah. We've got the Jughead narration back. Mm-hmm. Mask flipping. Oh, there's the doge. Yes, you didn't notice hot dog first time? I th- thought he was here's going to Tony. be talking I to just hot boned. dog the first time. I thought he and oh, we all boned. thought the bones. That I think that's the point of this scene is we think they bones. Um, which, I, is, is it is it yet a pattern? Have we hit a pattern of okay, this show? No, n- well that, but of this show doing a bit of a a bit of a plotline switch and bait between episodes. Not yeah. not even switch and bait, but like a build up, build up, build up, and then a sudden yeah. redirect. I thought Betty was gonna like become implicated in the crime in this moment where she's opening the door to Nick's hotel room. Oh yeah, of course, because a creepy half and a jar then, hotel room is. Oh. And then, no why, the, but given that he's there, why is his door open? He's there and his business is stabbing a table <laughs> with a knife because he is that self-indulgently ridiculous. Yeah. Here's Keller. I think, mm-hmm. I think Sheriff Keller is a suspect for the Black Hood. I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm, this, this episode nudged me along nicely. I will like kind of accept this premise. And but why though is the next question. I mean, I would believe that Sheriff Keller, in the like Police Chief Hopper Stranger Things reference that I just realized you don't get as I'm making it, uh, mm-hmm. may have like given up all hope of uh, police authority in this town, given the shenanigans of every single episode. Yeah. So I could buy <laughs> that. I'm not sold. Uh, partially because I don't want Sheriff Keller to be awful. Uh, Kevin doesn't deserve it. I agree. And it would also sort of negate the really touching scene that he and his son had with each other. Mm-hmm. Would explain, though, why he's not targeting any homosexuals. The Black Hood, I mean. I mean, Moose. Oh, but yeah, but that was he was for the jingle jangle. The yeah, that was for the jingle jangle. Was, there's some proverb in some culture that States women in gold are the root of all evil. That sounds. Do you recognize that great? Traditionally bias. I do, not off the top of my yeah, head. I don't either. Like it could be the like it, it could Betty be the one down on Fraser. Have but... heat again because they're getting closer. Yeah, I'm not seeing the hints of it yet, but who knows what could happen? We're yeah. at breakneck speed. Oh man! Boy, are we at breakneck speed? <laughs> Here is this horrendous mother. Mm-hmm. Deciding to side with her daughter's rapist. Deciding to take a hush check. Yeah. Look at all these adults failing to handle things. That's yeah. another thing this show does nicely. Um, I'll, like, I believe that these kids have to do stupid things to make things right. Because their parents are so... Awful at reperpetuating yeah. the status quo. So I don't buy this. I don't buy all. that Cheryl is just like, okay, my mom's right. After that scene in the hospital where she bends her mm. air tube. I don't buy it. Yeah. But she's still a kid. I guess You know, so. she's still like a 16-year-old who I believe 
has some undealt with issues, right, with her family, whether she is prepared to take control of the situation or not, I I do read that a simple, like, a lack of her mom's support is enough to be kind of crippling to her own perception of the situation, her yeah, power within it. I guess so. I mean, I'm... if anything, the 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 place of power that she's been through much of this season, despite her trauma, to me kind of underscores how big of a deal she is taking it and this show is is taking this whole plot line. Yeah. Also, I like this scene between uh, mm-hmm. the two girls talking about... Uh... Mm-hmm. Of who deals with who, the fallout who deals and the reporting. With the fallout and... Okay, PG-13 grope session. Different, different angle. We're in the diner with Jug and uh, and Tony, and we we realize, oh, they didn't sleep together. And here, the show pulls a weird narrative left turn. I find this weird. It was, but but surprise, bisexual. Like, uh, yeah, heck yeah. Thank you for the minor representation. I appreciate it as the token under bisexual umbrella here on the podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. I like it'd be better if they do something with it instead of having her to be a fake out love triangle. I know, especially since she and Kevin like left the trailer together, they could have had like a queer chat and we're never going to see it. Maybe they're secret friends and we'll get it one day. I hope From so. our mouths to the showrunner's ears. Yeah. Put two queer characters on television together and let them just speak. That's I'll take yeah. I'll take that as a whole episode. They can talk about the weather and uh anything. I'm here for it. And here we are, um, Archie and Veron, or, or Betty are trying to figure it out, and then they see Jughead and Tony through the window, and looks like the morning after breakfast, which it kind of is. In a PG-13 group session, yeah. going nowhere kind of a way. I think that, I think that they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna let Jughead be ace. We'll see. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I will hold no hopes and aspirations, but... Maybe. Yeah. Given that they're leaving him and Betty, Betty pretty broken up. Uh, and putting a few more nails in that coffin uh, throughout this weird gathering of all of the main characters moment. Where the mayor and the sheriff just call an arbitrary gang of parents and kids together to have exposition. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And move the plot along. I love how, like, this this, this show is a little self-referential. We actually heard the words bughead in the show. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Kevin is pretty extra, and I will take it. Pretty, I don't even know what that expression means. Kind of, like, vaguely over the top. In this case, metatextual. In other cases, just being, like, excessive in expression. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't had to define extra before. I should define that properly. Sorry, I just need... I love this extra they got to play. This actor, I shouldn't say extra, to play Reggie's mom. Like, you have a dealer? Who is my son? <laughs> the secret we Reggie drama hiding DJ. in the corner of this scene. This mom who actually has as many lines as a lot of their parents. Yeah. <sighs> Give me Reggie's mom over Hal Cooper scenes any day. Oh, boy. Now, this whole hot mess... I don't know how I feel about the Black Attic Dad. Yeah? Is that I a was stereotype? Aware. Oh, yes, okay, that's a stereotype. Okay, and that's real, okay. That's totally a stereotype. Um, 
anyway. I, I want to assume it was probably a case of them juggling the diverse cast and throwing random issues at random people, but in yeah, unconscious I mean, biases sure. are unconscious biases are still biases. Yeah. It's there. Also, um, I love how Mayor McCoy is like, I'm going to exact all my reven- all my vengeance on the poor people. Yeah. No politician yeah, in the history yeah. of the world has ever done that. They've committed Never. nicely to the class war of this. Never. That is about to happen in this episode yeah. right here. Here's this uh, this teacher mm-hmm. who has no character identity whatsoever. Nope. And is not no, absolutely not about to become important. <laughs> I mean, they didn't jacket. bother to give him any reasonable personality. Other That's true. Than I, I wish, teacher. like, given what happens later in the episode, I wish we'd had an opportunity to get invested in this dude. Yep. Spoiler, he kind of matters for expositional purposes. Hmm. But what is about to happen is so much more interesting. As mm-hmm. Riverdale goes full class war. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Um, like, there's basically a scene like what we're about to see in Moonlight. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... Mm-hmm. Anyway, what? here's Archie being like, I gotta mm-hmm. go. And by Archie, I mean Jughead <laughs> reading a text from Archie and being like, I gotta go. And, and the drama uh, begins to unfold. I'm almost yeah. positive that's Bing, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Lord Bing High School. That's, that's, no, yours is your, you that went to Lord Bing? Gray. I went to Bing. That might okay, be Point okay, Grey. Okay. I can't tell. Maybe they just all look alike and they look distinct when I was in them. I did Here a bunch of shows in Point Grey. I don't think I've ever been into Bing. Bring the drug dogs and check in everyone. the cops and the drug dogs. Mm-hmm. And the mayor literally the mayor. pointing out people to target by the police. Welcome to this class realness. Um, yeah. Also, f- highlight on the teacher literally shepherding his students away from the police. Because yeah. that is how you protect your students in this circumstance. Is yeah. hide them from the, the cops. Yeah. And also, like, an interesting piece of privilege for Jughead, who gets warning and mm-hmm. is, like, removed from the situation by his privileged friend. Mm-hmm. And by his association with the Northsider. Yeah. Interesting hill this this show has chosen to die on. Um, especially how weird and messy a lot of other, like, social issues yeah. are handled. And here's Kevin, who seems to have switched sides. He's being out being Veronica's gay bestie. I mean, there's only Ugh. one Kevin, and there's a lot of yeah, really over-the-top exposition so that needs to happen. This, this, Two things are happening in this episode that happened in the last season, which is where the plot gets a little weird. <laughs> yep. And also, it starts to get dark. Yep. Like, what she just says about, like, Nick's head in his parents' bed. Mm-hmm. That's not a PG line. Nope. And it's um, a nice <clears throat> little foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, as well, of... What we all wanted for Nick Sinclair, but the fact that the lodges will go there yeah. is, um, some stakes. So is she being watched through that window? Um. There's a shot where mm-hmm. Betty is looked at through a couple windows. I, we're not finished, it definitely Betty. gives that impression, doesn't it? Whether she's actually being watched, but the fact that she, we're getting all these lovely shots through glass, through windows, through <sighs> doors. This, again... I really am impressed by the cinematography in this show, on the whole. The ambiance they managed to capture, the care that's taken with lighting to set the mood for each of these uh, moments and, like, amp up the melodrama Yeah. to otherworldly realms. Yeah. And for an episode that, like, commits weirdly to some, some 50s trope life mm-hmm. and presenting it. Um, it becomes all the more important how fluidly they jump through genres and, and visual presentations. Yeah. 
I also, this Black Hood character is starting to get a little inconsistent. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I want to know. I agree there. I want to know. Anyway. When was Betty Riverdale just became a control. police state. Thank you, Jughead. Mm-hmm. Not, not remotely inaccurate. <laughs> I have and... something to tell you. It's all a police state. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just didn't notice because you were on the police side. Archie's complete violence. inability to process this as an issue here is also so, yeah. so, so, so real. Yeah. That I'm sorry about what happened and how it happened. And my role and participation and complacency in all of this. And the fact that I'm going to go home and forget about it tonight. Except for m- things that personally matter to me. Is, is KJ Appa ever asked about marginalized... Um, by the, sorry, I just wanted... I love mm-hmm. Cheryl's Lady Gaga glasses here. And like mm-hmm. the roses on her tray and the moisturizer... And that this is how she spends her downtime. And, yeah, and she's lying there and just, what are you doing? I'm, com- I'm compartmentalizing. Yeah. And it's great. And this beautiful swimsuit she has on. Mm-hmm. And- the sugar bear, looking for sugar bear. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> the point I was going to make. Chloe's sick too. Yeah. I'm sicker, but she's old sick. Yeah. We're different um, sicks. It's dangerous mixing germs. Was Is KJ Appa ever asked about marginalized marginalization given his own ethnic heritage in interviews do you know not that i've encountered but we could do a little digging between episodes yeah. i um, watched i watched a few episodes i've watched a few, episode, watched a few mm-hmm. interviews with the cast but it never happened to come up it's just that given mm-hmm. that this show is now taking on class war i would be mm. i mean he comes from a different context of course new zealand mm-hmm. encompasses a different context than canada and the united states but mm-hmm. maybe i'm maybe i'm stereotyping him unnecessarily i don't know I don't know. I mean, it's... It, he's also relatively young, right? Which mm-hmm. is not to discount his experiences, but, um... Like, I often think we we ask and hope for a lot of very young artists and actors who are still discovering, um... You know, what their lived experience even means. Uh, and often expect our actors to have the full breadth of understanding that a show, that their show, that their writers, that their director, that their producers barely scratch upon, right? Yeah. And I I get that impulse. We want our actors to be the wonderful icons that we looked them to be. Yeah, I mean, more what I'm getting at is I could see, like, a fairly ignorant white American viewer going like, oh, like, you're Mm. Maori or something, like, how do you feel about how the show portrays Mm. people of color Mm -hmm. i mean like you don't look maori you know what i mean like i feel like some i could like imagine that happening to him Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i'm curious to know if it has i suspect we would have to troll like fan uh convention events to hit questions like that because it doesn't seem like the sort of thing that um the cw would allow into their vetted media circuits true enough true story and i'm not sure that the riverdale gang have actually done much for the fan con circuit yet um it doesn't seem to have quite hit that saturation although i should ask about fan convention uh fan expo was in vancouver last weekend yeah. and uh i don't know i mean it would make sense if some of this crew were here yeah i, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would also that. be curious to know if, if uh camilla mendez gets similar questions mm. um or uh josie the girl because josie's name i've just forgotten mm-hmm. um oh what's her name ashley ashley something 
Let's also note the uh, weird yeah. Union Jack with R.I.P. written on it in the mean? background. On oh, no, a completely different of, note. The death of colonialism? I don't the even know. The death of the British Empire. Maybe it, maybe Long they dead. had a veteran member as what they're trying to hint. Someone who died. I don't know. Weird set deck is what we're saying for these <laughs> ghoulies who have so far been not remotely fleshed out. Yeah, we just yacked through the scene where... Jughead mm-hmm. is all like, let's start a gang war, or let's avoid a gang war. Listen to me, and the older dudes are all like, nope. <laughs> and here's Cheryl. Coming I love these moments of tenderness trauma. you see with Cheryl when she looks at pictures of Jason. Yeah. And this is what, look, here's, here's Sheriff Keller. Just I'm just looking. Chilling at hot <sighs> shot and getting asked questions off duty. Do okay, do you want him to be the killer? How do you feel about this? They're green. Yeah. What's your opinion on the hypothetical of Sheriff Keller as I think it'd be a bit boring, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It'd be more interesting if it was Mr. Cooper. Yeah. Although he's not been at all set up this season. But as I've said before, I don't think this is a show that sets us up to know things before they tell us. So here we are. Yeah. This is probably a good point for us to, to comment that this is an episode that I think our first reactions were both to the effect of that was a little scattered. Yeah. This feels like another moving chess pieces around the board yeah. episode to me. Uh, this this show hasn't been drawing out uncomfortable situations. Like the, mm. the situation between Betty and Jughead and Betty mm-hmm. and Veronica, I feel like should have been dragged out agonizingly over a few more episodes. Like Fred's death. Right. Rather than no, Fred's here we death, are. Rather. Betty is telling Veronica everything and letting her in on the whole secrets around yeah. an obvious this would be a commercial break if it wasn't on Netflix kind of moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Veronica yeah. has the appropriate amounts of disbelief for uh, Betty's parlay with the serial killer, which yeah. is real weird, <laughs> real hyperbolic, even in the Riverdale world. And, uh... Yeah. yeah. I... I love that you actually see some of the milkshake disappearing in this scene, though. <laughs> you are in a toxic relationship with a black hood. You need to break up. True. I'm pretty sure there's a very, like, happy props intern assistant somewhere who will be gratified by your acknowledgement of that yes. milkshake management. I see your continuity. I've, I've, I've been that in passing on smaller things, and it's, oh my gosh, it's frustrating. Like, oh. I've literally microwaved plates of peas in between shots Ugh. six times over so we could get a steam effect. Oh, for fuck's sake. Caught in the camera for Sorry, one angle. Sorry, I just swore again. Oh, for heaven's sake. <sighs> I love how I, like, told you off for swearing in the first episode. Now I'm <laughs> doing it all over the place. Do as I say, Awful not as I do. Over, shouting. The, the show sweared at us today. That's true. I mean, mm-hmm. but using the word B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> now we're going to spell it not... over the gang dialect. It's not like a bad word. For some reason, it sneaks in all the time. Stuck into Harry Potter. Did it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Not my daughter, you. Well, Molly Weasley gets to break Uh, the rules. I made her slightly New Yorker there by accident. (laughs) Anyway, here they are, getting advice from a dude in prison. Uh, Which, hey, in gang management... does not tell his son, run run away. (laughs) Run away and never return. Well, this is interesting as well because... FP could tell his son, take care of yourself. But how? 
what can you actually run from in this situation? Ghoulies right? dress like fops. That's his nice way of saying they were gay. Just saying. Really? I didn't take it as that coded. I did. Yeah. Fops? Fops are like... Older men in my family have used the word fop as code for... Hmm. Just saying. Anyway. I read it as being commentary in the fashion sense, but I guess that is often a coded commentary on sexuality. Yes. Um, oh, here comes so, here comes our street race, our drag race, one on one. They're souped up mm-hmm. cars. They love the blah blah blah. Keep it on the DL. So this is where the show, this episode, just this episode, started to lose me just a little bit in how quickly we dove into rebelling without a cause. And that's a verb now, rebelling without a cause. Um. But circling back just a step, the fact that. I think this is this this is like the only advice FP is able to give Jughead in this moment, yeah. right? Because there's there's not really somewhere for him to run. So I love how <laughs> Yes. I love how Mrs. Uh, Blossom is just attacking that egg. Yes. That was a lovely segue for yeah. these scenes. Here's this all this <sighs> information about the sugar man. Cheryl is like Cheryl actually seems like vulnerable and sweet, and nice in this scene. I love how I love how Are you she switches today, friend. I am sorry. I love how <laughs> she switches between school Cheryl and and vulnerable family Cheryl. Cheryl is getting more like dynamic emotional range yeah. this season than anybody. Um, this is where I'm enjoying every moment Cheryl Blossom is on screen. Um, she seems to go on much longer dramatic face journeys than anyone else gets to in this show. I like it. I appreciate it. By the way, I wouldn't even go cruising here. Thanks, Kevin. By the way, there was Veronica in a miniskirt and knee-high boots picking up garbage, just for the record. I appreciate that Veronica choice. I also appreciate calling Josie Beyonce. Uh, Trying to get me to flex? And this Reggie scene in general. Oh my god. This ridiculous, delightful Reggie scene. I feel I like Reggie has personality for the first time in about a season. Way, huh? I love the, these lines they give him. He's, this actor's like milking it. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that exchange. We're kind of in the middle of something. <laughs> like, <laughs> they they both know they're flirting. It's yes. It's really kind of great, flirt fighting. <laughs> I only did that once with my partner. It was exhausting. I never want to do it again. <laughs> but it does seem to be a Reggie Mantle special. Like, he seems like yeah. the sort of human I would expect to flirt fight with. <laughs> Begrudgingly, after and losing here, the flirt oh, fight, here, giving Veronica Veronica's the, beautiful the shoes, walking in there with all her privilege and straight talking. Mm-hmm. This to how, get her drugs. This being how I love Veronica how slums it down is like code for American Express. Love it. Like <laughs> yep. Um, also, travel tragic. Like Veronica knows how to buy drugs, and yeah. we, as we've established last episode. So, like, this is her dress for slumming it, but this is oh, also yeah. just she New York these, Veronica Yeah, buying also the drugs. says these... I have a really funny story about buying drugs in New York. Not me. Um, <laughs> anyway. Are we getting into it, or is that just for me later? That's... Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where this podcast takes us. <laughs> and here comes Drugstore the Cowboy. Cavalry. Here comes the cavalry in the form of <laughs> Betty Cooper. Mm-hmm. Um, also a moment where they... Are set up as being reasonably competent yeah, in sleuthing. Uh, and then, as we're going to see in just a moment, how deeply not competent at all yeah. they are. Because they Everyone's are fully Nancy Drew. All these, like, 
incompetent teenagers. Mm-hmm. If we win, I'm going to tap the middle of my chest, my bare chest. Yep, as Jughead uh, starts to drag race gang war. Yeah. Because this is a de-escalation. This is a good step. Bet bet your land. Yeah. And yet... They follow me. Oh my god, these two teenage girls who I just couldn't take care of myself. <laughs> what are you doing here? All these questions. Our four major these characters bitches. stuck in the... Um, stuck together in this weird new introdu- introduced drug nest place? This bit gave me a little whiplash. Why? Um, how fast this Ghoulies thing was developed in this one episode. Well, I mean, it kind of started in the early episodes. It did. It gets beat up. By reputation. But, um... Yeah. I do feel like I was thrown sort of a sizable threat this episode. Mm-hmm. That, uh... Wasn't fully realized oh yet. There's Cheryl cutting her burger with a knife and fork. Now we're back to the Cheryl Blossom oh, uh, B plot, yes, which is the one I care about so much more. What are you still doing in town, Nick? Good question. Picking up some fuel. How are you? Ooh. Ugh. He's a creep. He's the, a creep. They did a good job of making him a creep like creeps I've met. Oh, man. I don't, this, you know what? Yeah. I, this, these lines seem unbelievable. Yeah. Until you know a girl that it's happened to and heard the BS that the man who does these things to her says in response. Yeah. And what uh, even people who you like and want to like will chime in with, a la Lodge Parents, Blossom Parents. And, uh, yeah, the invulnerability of yeah. someone with the money to pay pay people off to not speak. Topical. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a fairly well done plot. Oh, and then he pays for her food. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh. So and I, here's Betty the mechanic and I, Jughead <laughs> being rightfully from his perspective very annoyed. I was so delighted because I had fully forgotten about this entire dimension of Betty from the comic book, who is um mechanically inclined and and just very good with cars, and very, like, all-around handy and skillful, um, beyond being a, a wonderful investigative journalist and uh, all-around awesome. The all-American dimensions of Betty Cooper. And then you don't move me via Archie. So... Way worse. Is is this the romantic resolution that you needed, Chloe? No, I want... I am cheated of a makeup scene in this episode, and I'm upset. <laughs> wanted them to kiss. I wanted there to be tears. I wanted there to be the I've always loved you. I wanted there to be the protective manly, oh my god, there's a serial killer after you. I wanted the strong womanly, I got this, don't worry. <laughs> I wanted all that, and I was denied it all, and I'm mad about it. You were given Grease Monkey Betty, though, and that's something. (sighs) That is something for both of our souls. I mean, look, like, I mean, yes, her bending over that beautiful car is, like, a moment. (laughs) That woman is extraordinarily beautiful and very talented. Lily Reinhardt, yep. She's a delight. Now we're back with the Blossoms. Yes. Which, again, it it feels like it's framed as the B-plot of this episode. It's the, like, the less wide-reaching stakes, but I care so much more about 
every moment Cheryl is on screen right now. I know, but also, what foolish family pays hush money via check? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how else? Not in cash. How else do you pay hush money? In cash! Yeah, but hush money for the Blossoms has got to be six digits. And I'm pretty sure a family that... Have you met this show? Like, that would have been fine. Suitcase full of money. Fine. Okay, Remember Hiram or Hermione Lodge's bag with all the cash in it? Point, 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 point. Um, what this punches up for me is, um, the normalcy of rich people exchanging hush money by check. Like, I believe yeah. that as a thing, completely. Yeah. I I fully believe Aww, that. Cheryl, care about me more. That's something, we, like, daughters ask their mothers. Yeah. And someone in Cheryl's position, like, that's a real valid ask. Yeah. I'm, also, um... she withholds money to get her mother to talk. Like, it's not like her mother suddenly starts caring about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Now we're on to Veronica and Archie again. Um, I thought he was asleep for, like, a chunk of this scene. Oh, and then his <laughs> eyes open. Oh, and then he's falling asleep again. I'm intrigued by the framing of this, that we're give- we're getting shirtless Archie. We're, we're getting the beefcake shot a little mm-hmm. bit. But it, um, it's, it doesn't feel like a super-sexualized framing. Like, it's obviously sexy, romantic cuddle times. Yeah, but it's cuddle times more than it's, like... yeah. Potty times. Yeah, but still shirtless Archie. I wonder what the contractual obligations for shirtless Archie are. I really wonder what's written in. <laughs> <laughs> and here, here comes Veronica, about mm-hmm. to use her parents' power to destroy a human life mm-hmm. for one time on the side of good. Yeah. Well, mm, once a season. I guess so. I have my issue with the Chuck Clayton storyline, but, uh, like, I was good with him being boiled in a hot tub for a little while. And this feels like an echo to that Veronica to me. I guess so, but this is, like, this is, like, this is, this suddenly makes it about Mm. his wounded male dad pride. Oh, it does. And it's awful. I just don't know how I feel about it. I feel bad about it. I dis- I dislike that that's the resolution, um, but I dislike it in a, I dislike that that's the way this thing yeah. plays out, not or, I dislike what the story's doing, because I think that makes sense for the Lodges. Yeah, or could we, like, switch it around and think, like, here's this loving father who brought his daughter's would-be rapist head to her on a platter. There's also that option, I guess. I mean, yes. There's... So many layers of patriarchy in play. Which patriarchy do we want today? Yeah. <laughs> Which patriarchy would you like today? Also, I love, like, Betty's, like, edgy, like, 50s outfit here. She's, she's, her head wrap, uh, head, um, handkerchief gives me the, like, we can do it poster Oh, yeah! Vibes. Rosie the Riveter. Yeah. Uh, and then we have, what... Felt like to me a wholly unfulfilling drag race. I know it's not even drawn <laughs> out. Um, the only saving glory is yeah, Cheryl. Gotcha. I was born for this moment. Stealing <laughs> that spotlight once more, oh, proving that you can never be too upset 
um, to take a dramatic moment. Yeah. Of glory. Cheryl can. Cheryl the <laughs> flaming redhead. Um, I do dislike that she displaces Tony, who is an interesting character. Yeah. And, like, has every right to be the flag woman in this gang race. Yeah. Cheryl, but the fact that Cheryl will walk in and tell a gang member, I'm going to be more um, dramatic than you right now. You know, it's awful. Yeah. But it's Cheryl. Mm-hmm. With that And she does this back, back bend, bend, I know, and the heels and the... Ugh. <laughs> uh, it's a nice stretch of road, I think, in... I forget now. I mean, this... This looks like Richmond, but I don't think it is. This could be any number of this could be southern lower mainland streets. Basically, the entire province, <laughs> anywhere in the province, mm-hmm. anywhere. This looks like the stretch of road that everyone shooting at uh, a low budget stretch of road shoots on. Probably in our world out here. <sighs> it's too narrow for both of us, Jughead. I have a plan. I have yeah. a plan with all my privilege. Don't worry about it. No question. What the hell did Jughead think was going to happen here? I think, <laughs> I think he thought he was going to win somehow by magic. Mm-hmm. Or by crashing? But then Archie full e-brakes it. Yeah, also pulling the e-brake doesn't turn the car. Well, I, th- I think that's kind of just Jughead skidding. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, you can... I mean, I've, had, to, I've had the e-brake pull once in my car and I didn't have to... Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of icier roads. When I've lost control in vehicles, it's only been on on snow roads. Which would make sense for more turning. Uh Uh-oh. Here are the cops. Yep. Who are going to conveniently ignore Jughead standing on that bridge in the distance. The guy in the serpent's jacket standing in the distance. Yeah. We're going to ignore him just long enough for everyone to get away. Uh, Now, what a weird combo of people in this drag race circle as well, right? Also, hey, we forgot to comment on the amazing Kevin Keller line this time through. Oh, uh, the drag race! Yeah, not the kind of drag race I ever thought I'd be at. Bless his heart. <sighs> it's it's such a beautiful, narrow, careful racer's edge line between yeah. deeply stereotypical and exactly the snark that I want to come out of his mouth all the time. Such a narrow, narrow line dividing. And Archie and Jack had fight some more. Because, yeah. again, they have completely different perspectives on how to solve problems in this horrifying class divide. Yeah. Also, didn't everyone want to straight murder Archie an episode ago? Yeah. Didn't everyone like, who was at that drag this, race want to straight murder end. Archie? Archie's going to die. And it will be just, of problems of his own making. Yeah, and it'll just be like the end of the series. We all mourn Archie. Archie Andrews, <laughs> the golden boy. I think they'd only do that in over-the-top heroic self-sacrifice. And that's not a story I'm interested in. Yeah. (sighs) Also, note that Cheryl is basically dressing the American flag here. Yep. Technically against flag codes. Uh, what? It shouldn't be... It's not... It's not to be made into apparel. Have you seen how many American flags were on bikinis in America on the 4th of July? Oh, I know. Still against flag code. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed to wear the flag as apparel. Well, no... And I'm pretty sure printing the flag as apparel falls under that. Oops. I mean, for all I care about the American flag. <laughs> That's just a foreign national flag to me. That's somebody else's problem, y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And here, 
Mama Blossom shows some real emotions. Or at least pretends to? Yeah. I don't know. Cheryl gives the check back. She does the morally right thing after the utmost of forcing. But where is this game between the Blossom women at? It is... Maybe this is the show is going to end in them being supportive of each other. What a thought. That would be a what beautiful an interest, arc. What an interesting message that would be. Just kill all the men in your life. And like then I'm... you can finally get along with <laughs> your sisters. <laughs> like, that's... I'm fine with that I'm outcome. Fine. I'm much finer with that than Archie the hero. That's a much more interesting story. I think. No, it would be playing lollipop. Come on, Veronica. If it was the Black Hood. Yeah. Oh, I want a milkshake. Right. Should we go for milkshakes instead of like? I'm lactose intolerant, Chloe. You had a milkshake the other night. Miranda told me. You did. I I did. I did have a milkshake. Um, and I, I I did took my dairy pills. I did take my dairy pills. I could. I'm sick, Chloe. <laughs> milkshakes are bad. Pops probably is Cherry Bombshell. I'm going to call Shell that from now on. Thanks, Veronica. It's a good nickname. What do I do, Veronica? You fight the serial killer, apparently. That actually feels like Veronica Lodge advice. Beat the serial killer at his own game, game but not his serial killing game, yeah. game his strange emotional manipulation may, game. May God have mercy on all of us was not how I felt about the arrest that takes place at the end of this episode. Agreed. Agreed. Here comes Dark Betty in her glittery collar. This is this is probably my favorite <laughs> Betty scene this season. This is yeah. Betty taking control of the circumstances with cool, calculating command. I like this Betty. Yeah. Hmm. You'll just have to read his name in the expose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's taking control. Her eyes match her phone. Weird. Also, note that whenever the Cooper women take control, it comes after a public media outing of something that makes life hard for some other characters. Yeah. That seems to be the standby go-to strategy for a Cooper woman to command the situation. Publish something inflammatory. Yeah. I and like then mother to daughter tradition. Yeah. It ends in me catching you. I found mm. out who killed Jason Blossom. I found out who the Sugar Man was. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm here for this, Betty. Your next Blackhood. I'm I, also I'm... here for this. I'm interested in what's going to come next. Is uh, she going to become the thing, and Jughead's going to become the sidekick? I'm also here for a Betty Can that is. A version of Black Betty that is less segregated in two or three weird... Dark Betty. Yes. A version of Dark Betty that is, like, slightly segregated into, um, just a high-competent person. Versus the, like, three-episode arc she got last season and then moved on from. Okay, here we go. Jughead having to deal with the fallout. Oh, here come the cops! More police in the wrong side of the track school. Black Betty. No, what is this country ne- song? Never mind that that's not Bing. And here comes this teacher. Mm-hmm. Here comes a character wow. that we could have cared a lot about, but didn't. Yeah. That's... But I mean, to be fair, Cole Sprouse's reaction is kind of selling it a little. A bit. He was on the cusp of being a mentor, but was a little underutilized. And here 
coming up is Fred Andrews potentially with a drug habit. A prescription oh, yeah. drug habit. You're right. They they did take pains to show him with this prescription bottle and to draw attention to it. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Fred Andrews addicted to oxys would be an interesting direction. Yeah. Kind of Nice upper middle class addiction for... to contrast everything else. Mm-hmm. Contrast everything else in his upper class, middle... Yeah. Well, middle middle class so life problems. That. Hermione Lodge taking glee in this bad news mm-hmm. is uh, another moment of... Yeah, I'm kind of here for this. <laughs> <sighs> the St. Clair's had a car accident. They were run off the road. And Veronica takes this moment satisfaction um but also to play to further her her lodge play i think yeah like i'm interested in like the power family that could happen see here is her coming clean about the style the dance with the mm-hmm. blood there's no make out here's the scene you wish you missed that we've skipped right over bughead um resolution the bughead reconciliation You'll just have to write the fanfic, Chloe. Yeah, caring English lit teacher. Again, I didn't quite get that from him. Basically half Nelson, we get it. (laughs) And here is why I also think it might be Sheriff Keller, because this person just waltzes into the police office, police, the jail, Mm -hmm. the police place, (laughs) and shoots him through the bars of the cell. Yep. I mean, weirder stuff has happened in this life. I I agree with you. And weirder stuff has happened in this show. Yes. But, um, yeah, I had the thought as well of that moment, um, that setting. Being arguably a little too obvious obvious as something yeah, the sheriff could get to do. Yeah, I guess that's true. And there ends, there lies another episode of Riverdale, gang. Yeah. Oh. Still playing. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> um, that episode was a little all over the place. But I remember this happening in season one. Don't you remember us texting during season one going like, it's just off the rails, what's gonna happen? Yes, totally. And then it came back. I have faith that this show is scattering and will come back tighter and sharper and in an interesting place. I I feel like they did that to us even this season. Um, I was a little confused as to where we were going narratively in the first episode, but it, Mm -hmm. it, it paid off. I, I am trusting. I am still trusting in this show. Maybe close this so that I can take off my glasses. <laughs> sure, Chloe. Do you need your glasses on when you're near a screen? Uh, yeah. Is that... Huh. So, so the other exciting thing that happened this week is I, Chloe Packer, got glasses. Yay! Which I was very excited about because I think I look excellent in glasses. I'm a little disappointed that I need them, obviously. You, you, you look real excellent in these glasses. You um, chose good glasses. It was within a couple of weeks of me having my hair cut and finding a couple of gray hairs. Mm-hmm. So, gray hair and glasses. <laughs> so it begins. Um, but Some uh, of us have had glasses in second grade, but go for it. Yeah, you do you. Hair there. Well, not that I look for. I might be there. You don't Who knows? Hair. I'm looking. I don't see any. Thanks. I guess. Um, yeah. So I need them when I look at screens and when I look at words. Hmm. Um. When also to look really a particular type of hot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I'll take it. I can ap- appreciate that aesthetically, friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah. That that episode was really all over the place. I like what I, I really like what I saw from Betty this episode. I liked Betty on her own without Jughead. That was mm-hmm. actually a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Betty and Veronica teamed up again instead of the couples being teamed up. Yep, yep, yep. 
Um, One of the rare times that, by the gender segregation, was much more interesting and fun. Yeah. I liked the little, like, I don't really need you, I'm into girls moment, but I want to see her girlfriend and I want it to be a story. Yeah, like, do something with it. Do something with it. Do something with all these queer characters. Mm -hmm. And I loved the outright acknowledgement of class war. Yeah. Like, Riverdale is escalating itself right now. It's, uh, not just our individual lead characters, but that ball is rolling of, um, what I, what I hope is going to be kind of the, the defining conflict in question of this season. Like, Black Hood is all right and fine with the murder mystery and, um, the jug, everyone's personal trials. I am very interested if in the possible resolution that everyone's problems and plot lines come together and come to a head in dealing with the town class divide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I believably could see everyone's current plot, because we, we are on four very different plots with our four lead characters, as well mm-hmm. as our, mm-hmm. our side adventures, such as Cheryl and Kevin. And um, all of them, I think, could point to... Big ol' class war conflict showdown, dramatic statement of social issues. Yeah. I mean, it's never going to be a deep show. It's never going to look at the complexities of it mm-hmm. in a satisfying way, but that's also not the point of the show. Yeah. Um, I think they've, also, they've already done um, more for, like, topical issues around uh, consent and how teenage boys often treat women in these two seasons, in without making them very special or standalone episodes. Yeah, I know. It's back. It's happening again. Yeah. As opposed to just being something we already did in the first season. Yeah, it's, it's, as, it's as if this is an ongoing and constant problem that hasn't so, been solved by one bubbling hot tub. <laughs> by <laughs> one bubbling hot tub. Um, so what will be really interesting mm-hmm. is if there was a consent mistake... Perhaps not a consent violation, but mm. also a consent violation between, like, Archie and Veronica. Or between, like, Betty and Jughead. Yeah. If characters who we already know and like screwed up on issues of consent, that would be a braver plot line than I'm expecting them to go to. But I think that would be a very healthy and natural uh, evolution of some of the content they've already touched very nicely on. hmm And how that is resolved with, like, healthy communication. Also, healthy communication isn't always the modus operandi of this show. So even as I'm like thinking that through, I'm thinking, do I, I trust this show a lot. I trust this show more than I, uh, more than I thought I did even. Uh, But is that a social discussion that I would trust this show with? Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But in the meantime, Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the nice 50s um, references in this episode, they were a lot of fun. I really, really liked them in the mm-hmm. clothes, in the in the jackets, the references to Greece. Oh, yeah, Death Proof is also about car racing and stunts. Oh. Which, another, another reason that I was a little disappointed by how quickly the the car race was resolved. Not that I want five whole minutes of gritty faces flashing back and forth a la Fast and Furious, nor could they logically afford that. 
But I expected a little more. They could have afforded more than what they did, I think. Although those two cars they were in were beautiful. I'll give you that, yes. They were beautiful and probably were expensive to acquire. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely some references in Jughead's character to the main character in Rebel Without a Cause, whose name I 100% don't remember. <laughs> Um, the James Dean dude? James Dean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know him as James Dean. I don't care what his character name was. James Dean was practically the character. Yeah. Given how Hollywood celebrity was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. I wonder if they'll make, I wonder if they'll make various generational references to the different phases of Archie comics. Mm. Like the, the first ones were in the thirties, right? Yeah. 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 I wonder if we'll get some thirties references. I don't know what that would look like. The depression. Mm. Rise of fascism? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm reading it much more as a as the genre play we're jump, jumping through mm-hmm. than it is exactly a period play. But also period and genre are so closely intertwined that it can be quite hard to distinguish them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm impressed that everyone has uh, a 50s drag weight race wardrobe option. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, you know, notable of the shopping trends of Riverdale teens. Everyone just had that in the closet, yeah. ready to go. And Cheryl Blossom is the only person I, be- I will believe didn't have to work a little bit to put that outfit together on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, I love Cheryl. I also love Cheryl. She's really, really grown on me. Mm-hmm. I think Jughead was my favorite character for the longest time, but... Cheryl's pretty magnetic. Cheryl's really grown on me. Any last thoughts, Chloe? Um, I, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I feel like maybe this episode was mostly set up for the next episode. Yeah. yeah, I feel like maybe that's why. I think I'm going to like this episode a lot more in a week's time. Yeah, I agree. Because I've seen some denouement of all of this. I agree. I'm looking forward to next episode, chapter 20, episode 7 of season 2. Yeah. Are we wrapping it up, Ryan? I think I'm wrapping it up because okay. I'm a sleepy, sleepy koala, I've been Chloe. through the whole thing. We're both sick, gang. We are, gang. I really hope I'm not sick next week, but... I also hope that for myself. The fates and my immune system shall decide. Also, next week, it's almost a month to Christmas. This year has just been... Flown. It hasn't flown, but boy, has it been a time... I can't believe my father has a um it's probably a pretty common theory but my father was the first person I heard have this theory mm-hmm. which is that um that as you age um your experience of time becomes like the fraction that your age is in the sense mm. that like this year was 128th because mm. I'm 28 of of my year uh, just as a wrap up, um, we would like to acknowledge that our podcast takes place and Riverdale is shot on unceded Musqueam, uh, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh territory. And we would like to say thank you to Mike and thank you to Thunderquack and... Thank you to you. Thank you to you for listening. Talk um, to y'all next week, gang. Yeah, I think next episode's gonna be real good. I'm optimistic. I have high hopes. Don't disappoint me, Riverdale. <laughs> Bye, gang. Bye.